0: What's happening, everybody? Today's show, tons of stuff to get into. Arch Manning, is he narrowing the list down? We're going to get into that. Also, uh, the feud continues between A&M, Jimbo Fisher, and Nick Saban at Alabama. But now, is it having an effect on recruiting? We'll get into all that as we talk with our guy, John Garcia, from Sports Illustrated. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. Glad to have you along. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. And a reminder, plenty of ways to get into Locked on SEC. We're now on YouTube. So if you want to see the video version there, or you can just keep subscribing to the podcast version, wherever you get your podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, we're everywhere. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, yeah, you can get us just about anywhere. But go subscribe on YouTube. That's what we're building up for some great stuff coming up later at the start of this year's football season without further ado let's bring in our guy john garcia jr from sports illustrated talking all the latest in sec recruiting john what's going on man oh just you know drama quarterbacks committing
1: it's just typical SEC recruiting and conversations its just it's the usual and hey in the offseason I'm especially here for it
0: well I wanted to get into this John because the big story that blew up all of college football these last couple weeks was Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going at one another a lot of this pertaining to NIL a lot of this pertaining to NIL and recruiting what's right what's wrong who's crossing the line who's not when you got collectives and all this other stuff, you don't have to get into specifics on that, but I'll just ask you from the periphery. You're around a lot of these coaches. You're around a lot of these recruits. What did you make just kind of a bird's eye view seeing Jimbo and Saban go at each other publicly?
1: Yeah, I was so surprised Uh, just like everyone. I assume just because of the history uh, and the camaraderie between the two, I actually saw a throwback video of Jimbo waiting an hour after uh, Alabama beat Georgia in that that Tua to Devontae Smith walk off title game. Jimbo waited an hour after the locker after the game to spend time with Nick, you know, and congratulate him. I mean, it's just amazing to see how things can change and how quickly they can change. But look, I, it's one of those where you, if you dig into it, you can see where both of them are coming from. But just the style in which it happened, Saban started it at a small press conference that wasn't even about football. And then Jimbo calls a presser the next morning and it and and goes, you know, nuclear on on Nick and and you know starts to throw out maybe bigger accusations than Nick was was insinuating. And I think that's where it was like, well, let, let's take a step back and, and really look at this thing. I think there's validity to both of their points to a degree. NIL is something that the my biggest takeaway is that NIL is still something that we are struggling to understand. You know, the thought of hey, these groups can pay college athletes, but only when they're in college and they can't jump into recruiting. And now the colleges can't even really be in communication with them as the new the NCAA rules state. So all of that creates a whole lot of confusion. So when in this case, Alabama doesn't finish with the number one recruiting class and it wasn't Georgia that supplanted them, it was Texas A&M and and nil's thrown around as a a possibility as to why or part of the reason as to why uh it's something that it seems like it was just brewing within nick until he he got that microphone and he was finally able to just say it you know you you could see it almost on the tip of his tongue and he almost held back uh but then he doubled (laughs) down uh, and then jimbo tripled down so uh you understand uh, where it comes from is it right do, do we even know how it's falling out? No. Recruits aren't really talking about it, at least on the record. They're certainly watching like we are. Uh, so we're still going to wait to see the fallout. But, you know, Greg Sankey coming out and muzzling all these coaches after that, I think, tells you a lot about, you know, what it did nationally. And like you said, the whole college football world blew up. So it was interesting, surprising, um, and maybe still ongoing. I don't know. I mean, Fisher, Fisher has been on the record again since all of that. So... <laughs> It is fascinating, Chris, and I, I can't wait to see the 30 for thirty one
0: day. Yeah, and of course, with the uh, meetings in Destin, uh, it's it's only going to get spicier with everybody there. Uh, a crazy thing to me, and, I, and this is just me thinking out loud, you know, we have these collectives and really, ultimately, what's happening is, you know, yeah, there was a kind of a rule in it saying you're not supposed to buy recruits, but it, it's, it's becoming a thing. And look, we know back to the days of the movie Blue Chips, you know, the $100 handshakes behind closed doors and boosters, I'm going to buy you a car i'm going to give you a sack uh, a sack full of money all that kind of stuff has been going on for decades and decades to me it seems like i'd rather want the school involved right like instead of just hooking up recruit 17 year old recruits with boosters that feels dirtier to me than to say the school look give me the money booster and we'll figure out how to allocate it to the kids like that to me seems a little bit cleaner i guess than the uh the dirty way of doing this but um i I don't know how you change it i mean i I even thought maybe you say um you can't pay the kid an nil deal until they're enrolled at school well what's going to happen a lot of these coaches are just going to say look we got a deal on the table commit to us once you get here in august we get you the money i mean i don't know how you stop it you know what i mean
1: yeah and now on the flip side of it chris now in high school Certain states, and it's going to be more and more as time goes on, certain states are allowing high school athletes to profit off of NIL. California, New Jersey, Louisiana already have it. I saw a report this week saying Texas is going to be the next one in that boat. So it's already impossible to regulate less than a year in. But now the pool of players is literally going to expand all the way towards ninth graders, for goodness sake. So, yeah, trying to figure it out is, is going to be hard, maybe forever. Uh, but that was always the case in recruiting, even with the regulations. I, I just don't see how it could ever be, you know, quote unquote, clean ever again. There's too much money at stake, too, too much at stake in general uh, for it to be cut and dry.
0: Yeah, and the spirit of name, image, and likeness. If it's about holding the kids and paying them for their name, image, and likeness, who's bigger in the recruiting world right now than Arch Manning? I mean, that kid, who wouldn't want to sign Arch Manning to an NIL deal right now? And now you can because Louisiana made it legal. And so, again, you know how are you are going to say you can sign an NIL deal in high school but as a recruit going to college? You can't sign an NIL deal until you get on campus. Again, it's just a lot of different things to work through. It's new times. Again, I, I am of the vote of I'm fine with kids getting money. You know, there's a big share of pool of money out there. If a, if a booster wants to give some mo- that money to a 17-year-old unproven kid, remember, there's always busts. There's always five stars that never pan out. But, hey, at least it helps some of the kids out, and who knows where this thing goes down the road. I want to hold that thought, John. We're going to talk Arch Manning right after this uh, because there are some updates with him and everybody wants to talk about Arch. So we'll get to that with John in just a second. But let me remind you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. Look, I love brownies. The only thing I love more than brownies is brownie batter. And now our friends at Built Bar are putting brownie batter puffs into a built bar, and it is the most tasty, delicious thing you will ever try. It's 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, seven grams sugar in there. They're the perfect pick me up for any day, and of course, all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with built bars, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy what you are doing. They are made with uh, collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs. They will have you completely forgetting that you were eating a protein bar. You will need to uh, pinch yourself to realize how good that thing is. And this is indeed real life. Go to built.com right now. You can get those brownie batter puffs. And uh, when you go to built, you can use our promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off your order. Use our promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off over at built.com. Continue our conversation, recruiting conversation with our buddy John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated. And John, the uh, four letters, A-R-C-H, ARCH, everywhere he goes, what people want to know. The latest on Arch Manning, he has set up an official visit scheduled this summer to go to Texas. What else uh, are we hearing the latest on Arch Manning?
1: Well, yeah, Texas was the first to set a a mid-June visit, and then Alabama and Georgia followed through. So... Uh, And they'll get visit dates in the month of June as well. Interesting on a lot of fronts. First of all, again, this kind of confirmation that, hey, these are the three schools that have been in it for the long haul with Arch. They've each already hosted him this year during the offseason. So they'll get another visit for an official visit uh, out of him. But it makes you wonder, one, how does this timeline change now that these three visits could be, you know, the first three or last three, I should say, he takes – before a decision. And then two, Alabama got a commitment from Eli Holstein, another Louisiana quarterback. So one, is Bama going to take two quarterbacks in this class of 2023? Uh, And two, does this potentially eliminate Bama from Arch Manning's perspective, where the conventional thought is, hey, he's going to go somewhere where they don't yet have a verbal quarterback commitment uh, in this class of 2023. So if you're a Texas fan, if you're a Georgia fan in particular, you're, you're really excited about uh, the commitment for Alabama, which is probably never the case. Uh, but with Arch Manning, you know, any anything that elevates the hope a little bit more is going to be something that you take in positively. And, and look, Arch's camp probably won't come out and say anything. And then if there's any camp where they don't give a you-know-what who's committed at what position it's probably arch manning so there's there's still a counter to, to the alabama angle here but i will say even independent of holstein's commitment to the crimson tie we have heard more buzz recently about georgia and texas in particular so it becomes if it is down to these two um of course first of all when is he going to commit because he's going to visit them you know in, in close quarters in the month of june and then two is it about maintaining what Georgia has now become right at the top of college football or is Arch Manning the one who's going to bring back, you know, Texas football, which will coincide with them joining the SEC, of course, which would be uh, even more impressive than if he were to do it in the Big 12. So there's there's a cell and an angle there for, for all programs. And and look, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, hey, Nick Saban, like, are you still involved here? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, how they approach that but of course them taking a quarterback is is a big deal in general but it certainly as it pertains to arch manning
0: yeah uh, i had somebody tell me a few days ago they thought it was a two-horse race between georgia and texas and the interesting dynamic with stetson bennett coming back at georgia you know, obviously this will be it for him. Uh, he'll hopefully go out on top. Georgia's going to try to win another national championship and all that, and the door is certainly open. Georgia has brought in some great recruits, but none of them are Arch Manning, to your point. Uh, and then with Texas, they brought in Quinn Ewers, who, you know, went and got his truck or whatever at Ohio State, you know, graduated high school early, and now he's in Texas and uh, presumably being handed the keys to the car of, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's offense and program. The question is... Let's say Quinn Ewers establishes himself this year, and it has a great season. He'll be back again next year, whereas at Georgia, Stetson Bennett out, Arch Manning could slide right in and be a starter from day one. And so I don't know if the Mannings are valuing starting from day one, but it certainly seems like he's the type of guy that would at least expect to compete from day one, wherever he goes. You know, and
1: that that's a great point, Chris, and that's something that Kirby Smart, and Saban, whoever's still in this thing, they have to consider that if they do bring in an archman and you want the talent, you want the family, you want all that stuff, the buzz, the clicks, whatever, but yeah, there's some pressure from the from the school's perspective and how, how do we navigate this now that we have this, you know, very famous football recruit on campus? Uh, and obviously, we all know college football quarterback rooms are fluid in general. So now you also risk uh, some of that, particularly with Georgia, right? The biggest and deepest quarterback room of the three programs uh you've got a lot of talent uh behind uh whoever the starter is next year uh, whether it's uh, carson beck brock vandegrift you just brought in gunner stockton who's you know one of the most productive quarterbacks in the history of high school football in georgia so then adding a Arch manning to that conversation it's gonna push somebody out one is it worth it and two could it push more than one guy out? So there's an interesting business dynamic and roster management dynamic to this conversation as well. And then on on the Texas front, yeah, like you said, Quinn Ewers, what if he goes crazy and is this amazing quarterback that his arm talent suggests he might be? how, How does that work with Arch's perspective? Hey, are you willing to sit a year behind him? And then does that stunt Texas's quarterback room depth thereafter with just those two guys? So yeah, it's... It's fascinating to look at. It's not just about where he's going to go, but there's going to be a lot of fallout on that team and, and, and of course, the others that were in the conversation. So anything Arch Manning sells, but, but that drama will sell too.
0: You mentioned his name a minute ago. Quickly, I just wanted to touch on Eli Holstein. You know, he's a four-star quarterback recruit and, you know, was a commit to A&M just a year ago, and now here he is a year later committing to Alabama. Again, ties in great with the Jimbo versus Saban feud, but uh, why Alabama for Eli Holstein?
1: It's just become the program that's put the most into his process since he decommitted from Texas A&M. I think uh, Florida and LSU got him on campus once. Bama's gotten him on campus three times uh, since that decommitment. So uh, clearly uh, opening up the doors for him to be the quarterback in this class of 2023. And that's before he takes an official visit, which was, I believe, scheduled the same weekend Arch was supposed to visit Alabama. Or he might still make that visit, which would be quite awkward and and provide a little bit more drama. Uh, But look, Bama really has been peddled to the metal with Eli Holstein since even before he decommitted from AM. I think the first visit he took, he was still an AM verbal commitment. Uh, and look, this is an interesting, athletic, super unique prospect. I think because he's from Louisiana and he's a quarterback in the same cycle as Arch Manning, there's a bit of a, oh, Bama took Eli Holstein. Like, oh, okay. Does that mean they can't get Arch? No, Eli Holstein is, is 6'4, 230 and just set the testing record all-time at the Elite 11 Regionals. So, Lamar Jackson, Tim Tebow, Andrew Luck, throw out any quarterback. in the overall athletic testing component and the cumulative score that it creates, Eli Holstein's the best of all-time. So, this is a huge, dynamic quarterback who, by the way, can throw the football well enough to earn an invite to the Elite 11 Finals. Uh, and he's coming off of a state championship. Uh, He's built for the modern game with that athleticism. You could actually design runs for him to a degree as a quarterback, which is not something you could say about Arch Manning. And again, he's developed as a passer in that same stretch with with a year still to go at at the high school level. So there's a lot to like about Eli Holstein. Each of the last three quarterbacks that Alabama has brought in, or four, if you include Bryce Young, all very mobile uh, at the quarterback position to where you could design runs for him. But even if you don't, they can stretch out a play and really fit in that modern offense. So in that regard, Eli Holstein is a really strong fit uh, for Alabama. Uh, and you can't overlook the thought that, Hey, you know, this kid's going to have a chip on his shoulder because folks are going to remember this cycle as the year of the quarterback beginning with Arch Manning. So all those guys thereafter are going to, you know, have a little bit more umph to their game. So, Uh, Being a Louisiana kid on top of it, like Arch, I think brings even more intrigue to what Eli Holstein can do. And and again, no matter where he ended up, this was going to be a really strong top five, top 10 type of quarterback in this class. So it's a huge gift for Alabama, regardless of what happens with Manning.
0: Some great stuff with John Garcia. We will get to a few more big names uh, that have SEC teams on their radar in just a second. But I want to remind you about our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Oftentimes, when you go in there, they're just going to go to their computer and type in your make and model and try to find the part for your car, something you can do easily at your home. You have a, a computers with access to rockauto.com uh, at home and in your pocket, on your cell phone. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Some people are saving 30%, 50%, even 100% for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto, they're a family business serving do it yourself for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer. They got every Everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use uh, website today. You can find the solution to your auto parts needs. And when you go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you're right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, one more segment with our buddy John Garcia, Jr. from Sports Illustrated. And, John, a couple of big names out there across the SEC. Let's start here with a big four-star offensive lineman by the name of Chase Besantis up from New Jersey. Rarely do we get uh, the big-time recruits that are considering SEC schools from New Jersey. He does have Michigan State and Rutgers of all schools on his radar, but, of course, a Jersey kid considering Rutgers. But his other ones from the SEC, Texas A&M, lsu and georgia uh what do we know about chase basantis
1: yeah this is a prototypical offensive tackle recruit in a year that's becoming we talked about quarterback offensive tackle class in, in 2023 is becoming really strong and basantis is one of these rising prospects since the fall as his tape has gotten out and he's followed it up with a big spring and he's, he's picked up a lot of offers along the way as you mentioned several sec schools in the middle of this conversation no official set to them just yet, but I think Georgia in particular is, is really going to push for a big offensive tackle class, uh, and there's some connections there. Georgia hired Fran Brown from Rutgers, who obviously has experience recruiting uh, up in New Jersey. Stacey Serles, the new offensive line coach, has some connections having recruited everywhere in the SEC and ACC country as well. Uh, so I think that combination is going to keep UGA uh, at the forefront of this recruitment. Uh, Texas A&M also heavy. On the offensive tackle hunt uh, in this class of of 23. So I expect them to get a visit before all is said and done. You mentioned LSU in the conversation as well. Transition staff, you always have to rebuild from the inside out. Brian Kelly certainly uh, understands that one. So, like it is for most prospects in the Northeast, you got to get him on campus, right? You got to get him uh, back in the door. He has visited uh, Georgia in the past. So I do think that, again, gives Georgia a bit of an advantage. I do expect. Uh, another visit to come down uh, for the Bulldogs in the form of an, of an official visit. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I think he's got a lot of time to set some of these. Uh, we are seeing more trips accumulating in the month of June. I think just, the, just more urgency uh, for these programs to get commitments on board and the commits want to make decisions before their senior season begins. Uh, and typically, O linemen don't wait very long either. They kind of like see what they like, and they go get it. So uh, I think uh, the New Jersey native could very well end up in the SEC, and I'd probably pick that if I had to at this point.
0: Another guy who's very likely to end up in the ACC or SEC, Grayson Howard, four-star linebacker out of the Jacksonville area. He's named his top five, and he's got four SEC schools in there, uh, South Carolina, Florida, Texas A&M, and Georgia all in the mix. I was watching a little film on him. He looks like a prototypical SEC type linebacker. But where are we with uh, Grayson Howard?
1: Yeah, he's got some seek and destroy to his game, which certainly every SEC fan uh, will appreciate. Like you mentioned, Jacksonville kids, so naturally uh, the the biggest outdoor uh, cocktail party crew. Rivalry is, is going to be right in the thick of this thing. You know, Florida's the in-state school. They're, they're going to feel good about this recruitment. I, I think today they should. Uh, but he's going to set a bunch of visits as well. He has set a few for the month of June. I believe Georgia's getting one. South Carolina is set to get one as well. So that SEC East corridor of schools uh, is recruiting him well. Obviously, we've talked about AM and their recruiting prowess can never count them out uh, for a prospect, especially considering that Howard is, is the opposite of, of some of these old linemen we talked about. He's going to take his time. There's, there's really no concrete time for him to make a verbal commitment. He is starting to stack some officials in the summer, so you get the sense that, hey, maybe he can pop before the season begins. Uh, but without all the officials being set, with AM and schools very far away from Jacksonville being in the mix and no timeline, It does make you think that he is is going to last a little bit longer than some of these others but it is a big deal to make a top five you're probably going to get officials if you're one of those the top five schools barring a change in his plan uh but look uh i think this is a georgia florida battle at the end of the day he just fits what they do uh it could depend on georgia's push though you know we've seen georgia be involved with just so many elite prospects that they have to make their own decisions on the board if they start to slow down a little bit. I do think South Carolina uh, could be another factor for for Grayson Howard, who goes by Pup, by the way. So if, he's, if his name is Pup Howard and the Georgia Bulldogs are involved, you know I think that's
0: a connection. <laughs> Last one for you, John. Uh, we appreciate your time. There is a wide receiver out of it, IMG by the name of Carnell Tate. I've seen some people predicting Ohio State very hot on his trail. But from what you're hearing, maybe Cody Burns, Alex Golesh at Tennessee, maybe trying to get him to Rocky Top?
1: yeah alex golish was at img recently uh carnell was at img or uh, tennessee recently he was at img of course as well for his spring game uh i was there multiple tennessee coaches were checking him out uh, and talking to him afterwards he said man you know i'm done with visits and i think this is literally the opposite of all these other kids we've talked about because they're, they're all so uh forward in planning officials carnell has gone the opposite way georgia was supposed to get an official that trip is canceled. And this is coming off of an unofficial visit to Tennessee. He had already visited there officially. And and they really hold a lot of the buzz with Tate right now. Um, And among the schools he's looking at, I believe he's down to four, Tennessee, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Tennessee's the only one with a quarterback verbally committed. And there's two quarterbacks he's really tight with, Dante Moore and Nico Iamaliava. Nico is committed to Tennessee and they have visited Rocky top three times together. Their families are beginning to spend time together uh, to the point where I'm told they like, they rag on each other. They, They diss each other and fun and poke fun at, at, at how they're doing. It's that close of a relationship. So the fact that he's not taking any more visits and he wants to commit sooner rather than later, I think that's huge news for Tennessee. Now to counter that, Ohio State is the childhood favorite. He grew up in Chicago. Nobody can argue with what Brian Hartline and Ryan Day has done at that position at wide receiver over the last few years. And the draft, I think 9, 10, and 11 were Ohio State receivers two years ago. Uh, So that sells about as well as anything could. Uh, And then the other thing to consider is, is Dante Moore, the other quarterback he's close to. Uh, There is a lot of Notre Dame inclination with uh, this kid's recruitment. He's a Detroit kid, another Midwesterner who's known Tate for a lot longer than Nico has. So if you're playing the quarterback best friend game, Notre Dame could be, you know, the sneaky pick for Carnell Tate. But the sooner he decides with the buzz, the the variety of visits to Tennessee, I think the balls could be in the best shape for for this kid. And that's not something we were saying a few months ago. And, And he's arguably the best receiver in the country. So that would be, another huge deal for, for Josh Heupel and company.
0: He is John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Give him a follow on Twitter, at John Garcia underscore JR. John, always appreciate your uh, joining us. Uh, keep up. Uh, we always love keeping up to date with all your updates on Twitter. And uh, we'll do it again real soon, man. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me, Chris. Take care. All right, that's uh, John Garcia of Sports Illustrated, as always. Appreciate him so much. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe on YouTube and check out our video version if you're listening to the podcast version. Of course, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great SEC podcasts like Locked on Kentucky, Locked on Razorbacks, Locked on Uh, Gators. Tons of great podcasts wherever you get your podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Go make your second listen. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks so much for watching Locked On SEC. Listening to Locked On SEC. Talk to you guys down the road.